Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report, of course, is a member of the Believe podcast family. That is why on your favorite podcast platform, it reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Um, is Believe a cult? I mean, would you spell believe believe as a way to sort of get younger Gen Z people on the board with believing? I don't know. Um, they just pay my ads sometimes. So they're cool by me. And that's all I'll say about that. And now I will uh, go on to welcome our illustrious guests for this week. Uh, they are uh, a wonderful, wonderful comedian uh, that has, uh, I think, delighted LA for some years and now has transplanted themselves to New York City, which will be interesting as the Comedy Bureau now covers LA and New York. Uh, and I'm just delighted to be in the company of Deanne Smith. Oh, hello. Hi, Jake. Hello, listeners. Man, what I, oh. After the pandemic, after not having done live comedy for so long, to be introduced in that way, to be reminded of what used to be happening and is happening again. What a joy. Thank you so much. No problem. You're very welcome. Uh, it, it has come to my attention that I am very much a lighthouse for people that are coming out of this and seeing like, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't remember how to talk to people. Do you remember who any of those people are, Jacob? Yep. I, I, I do. I do. Do you want a dossier on them? <laughs> or have that just in my head. Um, how's it going? How has this time been? How is this side of the pandemic going? Yeah, um, it's going all right. I just got to New York um, and uh, landed in a spot that I hoped I could stay in longer, but it is untenable. So the, the biggest thing going on in my life right now is like, yikes, gotta find a place to live in New York. So I'm dealing mm -hmm. with these survival questions. RE comedy, and we can talk about this more a little bit later if you want, but mm -hmm. I busted out of the pandemic by shooting a half an hour special in Montreal at the end of the end of July. So a lot of like the nerves and worry about can I talk to people are gone or just I kind of blew past it because my reintroduction was um, with a three camera shoot <laughs> and a comedy special. So it was uh, truly a nightmare, but I made it through and now it's now. Yeah, three cameras looking at you, speaking silent, uh, silently. It's like now you need to talk to the world. Yeah, it was very intense. Um, so everything after that just feels like, okay, cool. What is this, right. a 10-minute spot in New York? I got this. Mm -hmm. And that special is available on YouTube through Just for Laughs, correct? Oh, um, the special hasn't come out yet. We just filmed it in, in July. So it will be out. Who knows when and who, who knows, knows when? when? Okay. Well, no, actually, I do know where. If you're listening, if you're in Canada, it will come out on Crave at some mm -hmm. point. And then, um, you know, with the hopes, the hopes to be sold somewhere in the United States of America, we'll find out where. Awesome. Uh, I mean, I, I think I said that prematurely because JFL did tape or release specials on YouTube throughout their attempts at a JFL festival. Yeah, you're right. Um, they took all the old Crave specials that they hadn't been able to sell anywhere <laughs> and <laughs> finally, finally put them on YouTube so people could see them. And I mean, they're great. You got uh, Robbie Hoffman has yep. a special up there. Mm -hmm. uh, Jess Salomon and Iman El Husseini have a special. 
I think even Deb Giovanni special is available on YouTube. That too. I think DJ Demers, perhaps. Yes, all these. I mean, truly great, like high quality stuff. Right. Um, but at, in the end, they just ended up throwing it on YouTube. But but why not? At least that way, people can see it. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually is more comforting to know. It's like, all right, how many people are trying to do a comedy special during this pandemic of like gathering people together, figuring out COVID protocols so they could shoot a special. I mean, and everyone has tried everything under the sun. Let's do it in cars. Let's do it oh. at Universal Studios. Uh, that's Nate Bargatze's. Uh, yeah. And I like, you went I to went what? to a taping. Uh, Erica Rhodes did a taping um, at, at the, the Rose Bowl. in LA. Okay, yes, yes. And I was I was present there in my car and man, she did a great job, but it was uncomfortable. It was the first like car thing I went to. And so people right. are like honking in support, but a honk of support is not a, a sound we recognize as support. We recognize it as like, uh, get the fuck out of the way. You're about to hit someone. Right. You know, what the hell are you doing over here? Um, that was really, that was harrowing. <laughs> yeah, not to mention that at those specific tapings for Comedy Dynamics, um, there was like 40 drones flying above you for coverage. <gasps> You're right. I had forgotten about that because there's so much else going on. Yes, but then every once in a while a drone would just like swoop by the car, like trying to catch a reaction. Right. And I'll never forget this because this is one of the weirder, just like it'll, this will only be for the pandemic, is they had a red carpet step and repeat for your car. <gasps> yes, I have. I will have photos there sometime because my girlfriend and I popped out of the sunroof for that. <laughs> There's photos somewhere of us halfway through the sunroof uh, at the the red carpet for the car. Wow. Just We've tried giant, a lot of things. Just a giant red carpet and a huge step and repeat. That's wild. That's real, real, real wild. Um, but yeah, glad that that was just safely done at a time where we didn't have a pandemic. And it's just, you know, good old stand-up comedy with all those folks. Uh, but I'm excited to see your special. Uh, wait, so you taped it when? Okay, so I taped it at the end of July. This was an idea I had during the pandemic um, mm -hmm. as I like had a chance to reflect about my right. life. And um, I'm like obsessed with, relationships um mm -hmm. and i had an idea to do and it, the idea morphed as as they came to me as a production company came to me uh, with ideas of their own but i had an idea to do a comedy special about relationships to an audience of my exes um, Ooh, love it yeah and the way i initially conceived of it was that i would get literally like nine of my exes and do the show you know whoever however many people agreed five to nine times for an audience of one and then mm -hmm. cut it together this is an audience of a hundred, um, but in that audience are four of my exes. Um, wow. So, and then we interviewed them afterwards and it was very silly and very fun. And I haven't seen how it's come cut together yet, but the interview afterwards was the best part for me. Cause I was like, on a scale of one to five, how did you like the show? On a scale of one to five, how did you like our relationship? Like it's very <laughs> silly. Um, so that, yeah, that, that'll, I'm really excited to see how that'll all come together. That's awesome. It was very, it felt very high stakes at the end of the pandemic. Sure. I was, I was kind of like, all right, first time doing comedy in 18 months live. Let's do this. Let's heal and like reveal all of my childhood issues at once, repair relationships with my exes, make strangers mm -hmm. laugh, have right. the network love me. Let's go. Right. Oh, that's amazing. What's it called? Uh, it's going to be called, I mean, this is pretty, pretty standard, but I wasn't sure what else to call it. It's going to be called the Deanne Smith experience with a little uh -huh. emphasis on the X. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Cool. The only title jumping out to me. Yeah, Th that's fair. But 
by virtue of the fact that those four X's showed up, I'm assuming they didn't give you a one. Oh, in terms of rating the show and rating the <laughs> yeah. relationship? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was actually like, it did something for me that was truly actually very healing. Like I don't, I knew I had like friendships with my exes, but I don't think I realized um, how much love was still there. Like true, genuine, like we've been through it kind of love. So since then, like, it's been great. I've had even better conversations with them and um, better relationship. So yeah, I think, I think we'd all rate the relationship near a, near a five maybe. <laughs> That's great. Well, please keep me in the loop for experience, experience, experience. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, I've always thought of certain comedians, especially if they talk about like um, how much they were a uh, idiot in high school uh, mm. or like a bully in high school. You know, a, we, there are a lot of reformed bullies in comedy and not so reformed bullies in comedy. Uh, yeah. But I would always think of how great it would be if they did a stand-up special to at a, like a high school reunion and they to all their people in their high school class. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. That'd be really interesting. I think I was very quiet in high school. I think I would shock shock a high school reunion. Should right. I do comedy there? Yeah, I think I would too. I mean, I, yeah, I, I kind of was quiet, so like kept it very specific groups mm -hmm. uh not to mention i was like an army brat so i just moved around all the time so i wasn't like long-term friends with anybody yeah keep it light keep it moving keep don't, it let well. them know. don't let them know the real you <laughs> well it's it's a matter of you know if you're if you're someone who's the child of uh, somebody in the military i think you become either uh a, a loner uh or you become this social butterfly Mm. Um, ironically, I was kind of the loner and then became a social butterfly once I got into comedy. Yeah, you know what? I I think, I mean, I didn't move around a lot as a kid at all, but I think I've had a similar trajectory. I think I was like, comedy opens up the more extroverted social side of me in a way oh, that yeah. nothing else really does or did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've truly become like an out and out extrovert when I was kind of like so much of an introvert for so long even in film school. Um, I really want to hear, I mean, I think I, we could do a whole episode on the special, but I want to hear more about the special and your, this, this uh, move to New York and what that means to you and how it's going. But how about some comedy news? Yes, comedy news. All right, so let's start off uh, just with a quick news item here. There is a reboot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith um, from the Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie movie. There, of course, is a, another Mr. and Mrs. Smith that I, uh, a movie which I think Hitchcock has something to do with. Uh, and that was going to be uh, helmed by Donald Glover. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge came on to, I think, uh, co-producer, right? Uh, she has exited the project due to creative differences, which I always feel like that's a broad umbrella. It could mean just like, you know, 
they were at different paths, but also it could mean um, we were like screaming at each other and we have different ideas of what this project is and, uh, or maybe there's like money differences involved. I don't know. Um, have you left anything over a creative difference? No, I don't think I've had enough collaborations to even get to that point, but it sounds juicy and I want more information. Is this, is there no more information? There is currently no more information. That is all that we know. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is being hit up quite a bit to, um, I, I would say zhuzh up a lot of projects. I mean, she she did essentially punch up on the latest Bond movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and the, I think she was sort of like going to be in that sort of capacity for this. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we all kind of want a season three of um, Fleabag. But no, we don't. we don't. We don't. We don't. It's perfect. It's done. Mm-hmm. Um, season one was even done, but it's like it's remarkable that they pulled out a season two. But don't you feel that it's just it's tied up in a bow? The perfect ending. It is the perfect ending, but it it there. Okay, it is done. I agree, but it's just a fact of like I want more, just of Phoebe Waller Bridge doing stuff. I know. I agree. Did you see? Was it? Is it crashing? Her earlier project? Is that what it's um, called? Wait. Look is, it up. I feel like that's a cra- crashing. Now I'm thinking of Pete Holmes's thing. I know, but it's it had like a very similar name. I'm gonna look it up because that's where you can get some more Phoebe Waller Bridge. Right. Um, without having to break the perfect gem. That <laughs> is Fleabag. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's weirdly it's called Crashing. You can watch it on Netflix right now. I think there's mm-hmm. like two. Oh, there's just six episodes, maybe, but it's great. Mm-hmm. And is it similar in the vein of Fleabag? It's you know there's a there's like twenty somethings living in a house trying to figure out their life. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, kinda, kinda. I feel like wait, Fleabag, she's like a thirty something trying yeah. to figure out her life. But I mean, there's enough of her and her style and everything you like about Fleabag in there to kind of tide you over, I think. Oh, cool, cool. I mean, yes, I, you know, the, there is a trend of like here in America of us wanting too much of a good thing and then making it into nine seasons of The Office. Um, mm-hmm. I still I still haven't made it past season five and I know seasons one through four like the back of my hand. Yeah. 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 I haven't I didn't take the deep dive with the American office, um, but I, I was in a hotel room recently and I just like clicked on the TV and I was like, whoa, like it was on some season that I didn't even know existed. Right. Like it was well beyond where I left it at some yeah. point. Yes, yeah. I feel like seasons five through nine of The Office are like any, <laughs> I might get, I wonder if anyone's going to email me about this because I feel like it could be a quote unquote hot take, but it's like any other version of Pokemon that's beyond yellow and red. I wish I understood that reference. <laughs> um, and, you know, at the risk of angering your listeners, I will, uh-huh. I will double down and say, I goddamn agree. That was the perfect <laughs> analogy. Seasons five to nine of The Office are exactly like any level of Pokemon that's not yellow or red. Yes. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I guess it's an argument over canon, you know, and those are always uh, fruitless debates. 
But we'll see what comes of this new Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I mean, the fact that Donald Glover's taking over is still intriguing to me. Um, and also calls into question, when is Atlanta going to be done? There's only going to, there's only loose dates as the new season of Atlanta is going to be on FX. So mm -hmm. we'll see. I can, I can see a creative clash between those two. They're both very strong-minded individuals that straight up don't need each other. So that at some point, like if yeah. the project isn't fun or if you're not vibing, neither one of them needs to be there working with the other, right? Right, absolutely. And I'm sure they both have so much on their plate. It's like, oh, cool, I have some free time now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next news item. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of unfortunate uh, passing away that has happened over the weekend in comedy. A cat skills comedian by the uh, who went by the stage name Mal Z, a prolific sitcom writer, uh, Irma Kalish, um, also passed away. Uh, and what really made headlines was uh, four people uh, uh, basically did fentanyl lace coke without knowing it. And three of them were comedians. Um, two of them, two well two of the comedians died and there was mm -hmm. another pr person present that was not a comedian that passed away and then uh there's one comedian who is in the icu and supposedly is going to pull through but uh fuquan johnson and enrico colangeli i hope i'm saying that right um sadly passed away uh and they were just I think on the way of coming up, like they were getting up a lot in and around LA. Hmm. Um, but you know, you would only kind of know them if you went to a bunch of open mics or went to like the Laugh Factory or something like that. Yeah, I didn't know these people. That's really tragic, and that fucking sucks for their families and yeah, for does. them. Yeah, um, and <laughs> I mean the. Of course, it's a, it's an overstatement to say that this last year and a half has been crazy, but it's just like, you know, COVID is so pervasive in our minds that it almost, you forget that like, oh, there's all this other stuff that can happen too. Still, did you forget about that? Yes, I think I absolutely did. I think that's the, that's a, the interesting angle on that um, because you're kind, I think we're all kind of in this place where it's like we we survived or we're surviving and you know we're so hyper focused on on one threat or right. a couple of threats that it's like really easy to forget that like yeah it could be shitting your drugs you know um anything right. can happen at any time right yeah and it's also i mean i don't know i i do not partake in drugs though i do not judge but i do think there's like this, when it comes to like coke that just brings to me like in the 80s era of stand-up comedy where comedians like acted like rock stars mm -hmm. uh, because some of them kind of were. And I feel like so much of this current generation of comedy is like taking um, the lessons from past decades and just like, uh, there are a lot of people proactively in therapy um, that don't yeah. smoke, that yeah. um, are like, in AA before it gets really bad or like are vegan you know there's so many comedians that are vegan now yeah you're right it's there is like a definitely like a big healthy generation or um a push into like more active forms of health which is right. great right um so that's all to say that it's like wait we're still doing coke 
I like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I thought we were done with that. Yeah. It's not really on my radar either. And certainly mm -hmm. not a part of my life, but I mean, people who love Coke, love Coke and they're around, you know, it's some right. people treat it like, and some people are fine to kind of treat it like a recreational drug, you know, like I know, right. I know a fair amount of people that like do Coke and don't have a problem. Right. Um, I mean, I would bring in and I'm, I'm actually kind of ignorant, so I can't give all the, um, the proper info about this, but the main thing to me about Coke is, is again, the idea of like, you know, who are you supporting? Where is your money going? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there is no ethical consumption in the uh, late stage capitalism, but right. Coke, Coke is one of the worst things. Uh, I'd say stick to weed if you can. <laughs> stick to weed. Yeah, Di no. Different vibe, but different vibe. But still. Right. I thought comedians were on a, uh, it was uptrending that everyone was getting into ayahuasca as like that would oh shape. i can see that yeah, yeah for sure everybody wants to like trip hard and then like have a, a great special about peace and love and what they yeah doing. i mean i will say mike kaplan got so much more fun after two night was <laughs> don't don't get it mistaken he was already very fun but i yeah. feel like he just leveled up in so many ways where he i've just like seen him on stage just be present and have fun without any wordplay um which I don't think happened when I first saw him like years ago. <laughs> it's so funny without any wordplay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a sweetie, that guy. He just texted me yesterday just to say, Hey, and thanks for the friendship. Oh, Mike's great. Yeah. He's yeah. great. Um, I think he has a special coming out too called Joke Smith. Oh, I don't even know about that. That'd be great. Yeah, and I think the cover art is like him at a forge uh, hammering out glasses or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, all right, so I guess we'll go, get into this last little uh, news item here. Um, so John Mulaney has been trending on Twitter uh, over the last few days and throughout 2021. Um, you know, he got divorced from his wife, Anna Marie Tendler, after seven years, and he had just come out of a stint of rehab, and there were rumors of him dating Olivia Munn, and I guess in looking into this, uh, what has been coming up today, or as of late, is the idea of why do, why is this any of our business, you know, sure, the, this perhaps doesn't match some people's image of John Mulaney from like new in town, mm -hmm. but he's a human being. And, uh, you know, a one special isn't like all of what one person is. And uh, it looks like people have a, a problem story, trying to reconcile the two. Yeah. I was just kind of drifting off there. I was like, yeah. it's fun to gossip. We all sure. love, we all, we all love, uh, you know, each other's human stories, each other's human drama. Right. Um, what, what's happening on Twitter? I actually haven't been on Twitter for a couple of days. So what are, what are the takes? People are just, they're, they're disappointed in their boy Mulaney. Some, they're feeling let down. They're feeling some, betrayed. Some people are. And then some people are like, why are you even feeling betrayed? He doesn't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. If he wants to get divorced, if he wants to date Olivia Munn, like, so what? Oh, you didn't know he had like a drug problem until he admitted it? What, like, it's, it, you know, just because it's not 
like I said, what uh, has, you know, been sold to you as John Mulaney doesn't mean that you should be mad at it. But I think when we talked about this sort of before the pod that sure, we're human, we love our stories, but when it gets mm -hmm. sort of amplified to the masses and you're being uh, put under a microscope uh, by so many millions of people that uh, mm -hmm. you, you don't know, that's, I mean, there's so many, I mean, E! Hollywood true story was like based off of like how bad that goes, you know, like the fact that we make celebrities I mean, I feel like the public eye exacerbates their problems. Oh my God, absolutely. And I don't think any of us like quote regular people can even truly imagine what that feels like. You know, there's like a small percentage of people that live under that microscope. And right. I imagine in many ways it's pure hell. Yeah. Um, and it's truly something that we can't relate to. Um, but I would say, I don't know. I would say what's happening with him is just like what happens in general, when people over identify with someone or with right. their relationship and then feel like personally let down, I, I don't really know what what people were projecting onto him, but you know, right. maybe like, here's a good guy that loves his wife that's so clean and funny. Not that he's clean, but you know, I don't know. I never, um, I think he's funny. I haven't, I never jumped on the Mulaney train as hard as everybody else, but I can see that there are, there's a sect of people out there that fucking love their John Mulaney, can't get yeah. enough. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the higher you put someone up, the the greater, the greater their fall. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if anyone felt let down when Joe Rogan got COVID. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who could have been let down? I haven't been following that guy in quite a while, but uh, yeah. maybe some of the serums or vitamins that he, <laughs> people that buy into all of that felt let down. Yeah. No His sponsors. Oh, oh no. Yeah. It didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when that news broke, I was, I think I had this knee jerk reaction in my head of like, it would be so dark, but, but can we do a roast of Joe Rogan? Ha, ha, ha. Just from this, from everything yeah, yeah, yeah. he's done over the last two years. So I, I, I'm that far behind. I'm not in my own little world. He got COVID. He's fine he got now. COVID. He's fine now. Yeah, but he okay. So, um, Joe, like, moved his podcast exclusively to Spotify for a hundred million dollars. Yes, I did know this much. And then he was set to, well, he moved to Austin and his, his plan was to open up a comedy club. That has not happened yet. Oh, I just assumed it had happened. Okay. So I, I, did, I did too, because, um, well, the, the uh, old booker, old-ish booker of the comedy store packed up and went to Austin to, you know, help Joe open that club. And I was like mm. trying to find more information about that one day. And uh, yeah, there's nothing coming yet. Fascinating. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so yeah, he, it, throughout all of that, he has been, you know, I, I think you probably are tangentially aware of this. He's been making sort of like these weird on the fence statements about the vaccine. I don't think he denies that COVID's real, um, but 
for a while, I mean, like there was even news where he like kind of went back and forth with Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, about like his state, you know, Joe Rogan on his podcast once said that like, if you're young and you're healthy, like you don't have to worry about getting the vaccine. Ay, 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 ay. Mm-hmm. And then Fauci was like, stop saying that. <laughs> and like, there's actually a clip of Joe saying like, I am a comedian. I commentate on cage fighting. I'm an idiot. Do not listen to me when I say stuff about medicine. Yeah. But then also just don't say it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like right. you be, be aware of your platform. Like you, mm-hmm. you can't have it both ways. You can't have the amount of followers you have and the money that you have and no responsibility for what you say. Like, Absolutely. Don't be, don't be that much of an idiot. Right. Uh, or like pretend that you're playing dumb or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, 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 oh, I wonder who those people would be let down by Rogan. Um, well, the, I don't think anybody was let down by him getting COVID, but I, I mean, you know, would he turn into becoming pro-vax after this? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I keep hearing stories about there's like right wing pundits that died of COVID. There was a rapper who had a verse that said, I got 99 problems and a vaccine one. And he died. Of COVID. <laughs> That's the st- he should have died just because of that stupid lyric. I mean, um, you know, you almost it seems like it. You know? Yeah. Oh, um, and it's, uh, you know, hospitals are filling up again uh, because people could, vaccination rate in the U.S. for fully vaccinated is like around 50%. Really? These are things I don't want to know. I, um, I I'm used sorry. To, I, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's totally fine. I, I, of course, I need to know what's happening in the world. I used to be very much keeping up with the news. And then in the past, like literally probably two months, I was like traveling across the country, moving, whatever. And I was like, I feel better not knowing, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm vaxxed and I'm saying as safe as possible, um, sure. but it truly does not help. And I finally learned this after what, 18 months of pandemic does not help my mental health to be, you know, paying attention to all the numbers and the, and the worst case scenarios. And the, sure. I mean, <laughs> isolate, isolate only this quote and make me someone I'm not fear is the real one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I couldn't even. <clears throat> I can even say that with my full voice. I got scared. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but, but yeah, for myself, I'm like, it does not help me to keep keep in touch with all the statistics and stuff. Because, sure. I mean, that's the sort of shit. Like, that, I got um, in October 2020, I truly was so afraid. And I don't think I was wrong about this in, mm-hmm. in any way. But I was just making a lot of fear-based choices. And I was like, I'm going back to Canada before the election because I don't know what's going to happen. Sure. Um, yeah. I feel I'm that for sure. Hiding away there. And honestly, like, I do want to keep my feet um, on the ground here and, and see what's possible for me in New York. But if I go too far down that road, I just go, what the fuck am I doing? I'm going back to Canada, like, where right. things are slightly more sane, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I, I I totally understand. And I don't even keep up to date on numbers like every day. I think I check in like like every week or so. But I love that's reasonable. I love just knowing 
Uh, I know a lot of people understandably for their own mental health that checked out Newswise because um, they just like, it's just too much. It's mm-hmm. just, if you were to like do sort of A, B columns of like positive news story, negative news story, it would just mostly be negative. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's human nature, right? Then that's what we've always done with the news. Um, right. So much so that David Byrne of Talking Heads has like co-founded a newsletter that's all just good news. Oh, that's wonderful. I got to join this newsletter. Reasons to be cheerful. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cheer- cheerful seems like pushing it, but okay. <laughs> I mean, that's why they qualify it with reasons. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not like be cheerful. Yeah. Um, reasons to, I'd be like reasons to not kill yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is essentially. Let's turn it down a bit. Most of the news stories have a vibe of just like, look, we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody has given up. Um, yeah, like, 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 literally, um, you know, if you're on the New York or if you're in the East Coast, I'm saying, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say you are either like your house is flooded or there's right. wildfire smoke in the air. And right. then you read like a news story that's like this 14 year old in India is developing a new kind of plastic that can help take CO2 emissions away. And you're like, OK, cool, cool. But yeah, uh, we, we got huge problems here. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, it's a little like that. Um, speaking of which, so this move to New York, what inspired it? I mean, how? I mean, you've only been there what a couple weeks now. Yeah, I mean, I, I I came to New York like um, at the end of July, and then I was immediately gone to Canada to do the special, and then I was on the road, and now, now so it feels like only a few weeks that I that I've been settled in. And it is a very good question, Jake. Why does Deanne Smith do any of the things Deanne Smith does? A lot of times, it's following a girl. It's uh-huh. following a girl, and that's part of that's part of what what's happened here. Um, but uh, I'm gonna wind us back to September 2019. Okay. I wow. was, um, right. I'm wanting to expect to September 2019 when I was making the choice to go to LA or New York. And I chose, I chose LA um, in part because I have family there and it was easy. I had a friend that was subletting a place. It was all falling into place going to New York. But September 2019, I, I was visiting New York and I was like, oh, did it really? I'm going to move to LA. What about New York though? You know, so it was, it was on my radar. What, what um, was that? What was it? What were you weighing? Like, I mean, so there, you know, this is often what uh, like the LA New York debate comes down yeah, to yeah. work-life balance uh-huh. spots. Yes, I mean, that's kind of it. Um, I mean, these days, you know, just merely two years later, I think I really do feel it. It is a flooding versus wildfires situation. <laughs> so it's kind of like, what, what can you handle? Um, my manager was in LA, and so I was going there from Toronto. I'd been living in Canada. My manager really, really, really wanted me to be in LA. Um, so I didn't move there until January 2020. I was on the road, on the road, like just barely dipping my feet in, and then suddenly it was March 2020. We all know what happened then. Um, so for me, part of the calculation, um, it's also, it's like family stuff. It's it's a lot of stuff, but um, number one, I do love stand-up the most and as you know new york has a ton of spots and it's just like the place to grind it out which i'm still interested in doing like i find that very fun 
Um, I have family on the East Coast because I grew up over here. Uh, my dad's in a nursing home not too far away, so uh, I got to visit that guy a bunch before he kicks it, which will be soon. Um, and I have to say, when I was in LA over the pandemic, I was very much like LA all the way. It's the weather. I'm taking walks every day. Sorry, New York suckers. Like this is, you know, this is the life. And then I can't handle the wildfires. I can't handle the wildfire smoke. There is something primal. Mm -hmm. I'm acting like it's like so personal to me. No, it is a primal human thing right. that when the air smells like smoke, your lizard brain tells you run, run, run. Right. And then if you don't run, you start to feel insane. Um, <laughs> so yeah. that, that was happening to me. And I, I just don't know that I'm cut out for that. I mean, all of this said, it's funny because I still don't even want to come down hard either way. It's like, I love LA. I love New York. I'm always moving around. You know, right. I don't know. You know, I'll definitely be back in LA and at, at stretches and, and for who knows how long, you know? Right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the idea that you have to wear one city's jersey over the other is kind of like truly pointless. Like you can like yeah. both. Um, and enjoy time in both. You know, I will say, I think, I guess you know you're like all, you're like an Angelino for sure when, like in regards to the wildfires, where if you live in LA proper and not like the valley or near, you know, a bunch of trees, mm -hmm. you're like, nah. you're like, you, you're, you're aware of the wildfires. But, you're but you like, know they're not going to come to you necessarily. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll affect the air quality and that will hurt you. But I think most people, I, I just remember so many times during wildfires here over the years where like, oh, the, the sun or moon is red. Oh, that's a wildfire. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to go to the show. Like I'm not, yeah. it's not like a big concern, which it should be. I'm not trying to downplay it, but like that's just the sort of, attitude you get after a while just like earthquakes yeah. like there's no warning with earthquakes like hurricanes or flooding or anything like that mm -hmm. and there was a certain point at which you just have to let go that it could strike at any time i have to say i enjoyed the earthquakes i know that's nuts but um <laughs> I don't mind a little shake up from the ground every once in a while you know right. and i've never i've obviously never experienced um anything, you know, hugely damaging or, you know, I don't mean to um, be insensitive to people that have experienced huge earthquakes or, or, or lost people. I know it can happen, but it's kind of that same letting go. It's kind of this freedom of just like acknowledging that your death is beyond your control. Like the same way I feel in a plane, if it starts to rumble or it drops or there's a problem, I am just oddly calm because I'm like, I have nothing to do with this. Just let it, I, I can't control this. No, you let can't. it happen. Yeah, absolutely. You can. So um, I liked I liked a little shake up, a little earthquake, waking up in the middle of the night, like what the <laughs> fuck, and then checking Twitter and have everybody in LA be like, oh, there was an earthquake. It's right. fun. It's bonding. Yeah. <laughs> what a positive outlook on earthquakes. That makes me think. Um, now that you're in New York, are mm -hmm. you going to give Josh Gondelman a run for his money for being the nicest comedian in New York City? Oh my goodness, goodness, goodness. Um, I don't believe I'm nearly as nice as Josh Gondelman, but I, I also have to say, branding yourself that way is fishy to me. And I feel like I'm friends with Josh and I'll still say it. I don't think he gave himself that. I think that okay, has been okay. put upon him, which yeah. is why there is a Vulture article, which, you know, it's probably a weird time to bring this up, but like, there's a Vulture article that says like, Josh Gondelman refuses to try cocaine. And it's- Oh, right. 
And that's only well, because Josh is Josh. And yeah, that's we're not going to, we'll never lose him to cocaine. So this is no. really good to know. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I know you've been to New York a number of times and now you've only literally just like gotten your feet on the ground there. But even in your little time there, what has it been like? Are you getting the sense that you're getting what you want to have out of living in New York and doing comedy in New York? Yeah, I think so. I mean, for me, I think it's it's also it's all tangled up with not that we're at the end of the pandemic by any means, but it's all tangled up with um, kind of coming out of hibernation. So um, I don't think of myself as like a big city person or that I was necessarily going to be into, you know, the pace of the city. I'm much more of a nature person. When I was living in Vancouver for, for seven months, I mean, that was the vibe, just me and these tall trees walking around all the time, you know, mm -hmm. taking pictures. But um, I, I'm really been enjoying it. And I've, and I've really just been enjoying I mean, everything about it, just like the people and like just the random conversations that can happen and the energy and the pace and um, just how much is going on. You know, I'm looking for apartments at the moment and it's like, is New York a city or is it like 50 cities that are all right next to each other? You know, every mm -hmm. little neighborhood has its own feeling. And um, right. so New York itself, that has been a really cool discovery. And I'm still like very actually i think i probably just will be forever i think it's my nature i'm quite like wide-eyed and appreciative about things so i'm kind of looking at everything with with eyes of love and i think it's funny for my girlfriend who's lived here for 16 years right. um to kind of rediscover things you know through my eyes a little bit in terms of stand-up i haven't like really plugged in yet I, I did a few shows my buddy jess solomon um posted that I was moving to New York. I didn't even post that publicly. So she posted. And because of that, some um, some sets came through for me, which is great. So uh, when I first got here, the first couple of weeks, I was running around doing shows. Um, I have yet to kind of uh, get that engine going for myself. But, you but do that, have, was, that was cool. You do yeah. have Deanne Smith's D-Anarchy on the books, yes? <laughs> I do. On September 15th, I don't know when this is coming out, but um, September 15th is the next one. And then the show's in November. October, November, December um, at Union Hall, which is like one of my favorite venues. I mean, to be honest, I don't know that many venues in New York yet, but I love Union Hall. Um, very hip little basement. We can cram about 100 people in there. Um, right. And we're going to we're going to kick off D-Anarchy. What exactly is that show yet? We don't know. I'm hosting. I'm inviting some friends. Right. It'll be I fun. mean, it's yeah. D-Anarchy. It, exactly. it, it defies definition and it's all about Deanne's governance? I was going to say self-governance, but that <laughs> is actual No, anarchy. Deanne's governance. Yeah, that's De great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the, you know, I started doing shows, I can't even remember where I started doing Deanarchy, probably in Toronto, but like, mm -hmm. to me, when I landed on that as a title, I was like, yes, because I'm not good at producing. I do have help with this one, though. Kelsey right. Kane is producing. Um, Hell yeah. Love Kelsey. But I'm, yeah, Kelsey's awesome. Um, and this is the first thing we're doing together. But I figured that like anything goes with the name DNRQ. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you if you showed up and you didn't get a ticket and there's room in the room, come on in. Like, you know, that, I'll probably be in the audience watching most of the show when I'm not on stage. Um, right. You know, uh, is it always consistently on the same Wednesday of every month? Probably not, but <laughs> that's fine. It's all built into the title. Sure. You're really allowed to do whatever. Now, with anything goes, like, what, what is, do you have an idea of, like, how wild you may get on your own show? Um, 
You know, it's funny because when you like wild, do I ever get truly very wild? But I can say that that's, since why, the, that's why I asked the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm so, um, it can be, you know, it's like, am I wild when I unbutton the top button of my button? <laughs> um, <laughs> I can be, um, not that I'm so scripted, but I, to me, it gives me permission to be more of, um, kind of who I feel like I am in real life and who I like to be on stage where it's just, just off, off into the tangentials. Um, you know, like I'll, I'll know, I'll have jokes. I'll have jokes that I know that I want to do, but if we're having so much fun and we don't get back around to the jokes, that's fine. We're just in the moment. Since the, since the special, I found myself, um, even much more opened up on stage where there's like, there's multiple pictures now and I didn't even realize I was doing it from show to show where I've like stepped off the stage onto the seats of the second or front row if there are empty seats and I'm just like talking to the audience from there like crouching down being weird and mm -hmm. this is what I'm into lately just um even more of the isn't it nuts that we're all here having a live experience together what can we do that shall not be repeated right. um, you know what can we talk about how special is this wow I feel like that should be in the little caption for the anarchy when you yeah, buy tickets. Just, just <laughs> me just rambling about how special a live experience is. At all in caps, what can we do that cannot <laughs> be repeated? <laughs> yes! Okay, yes. That'd be pretty great. Uh, well, go to that. Go to Union Hall. I mean, I'll, honestly, go to almost anything at Union Hall like there's a there's a triumvirate i think of brooklyn venues between like littlefield mm -hmm. uh where butterboy is uh the bell house and yes. union hall yeah yeah those are those are all great venues yeah. um also on Anarchy, we have martin urbano i don't know what the hell he's gonna do but i'm up for anything that that guy does <laughs> um yeah. love that guy there's there's a guy called Dylan Adler that I haven't even met yet that I think is going to sing something. I don't care. Kelsey booked him. He's supposed to be great. Dylan, um, I saw for the first time that he, he had a brief visit to Los Angeles. Um, he was amazing. He did sing. He also did a backflip. Okay. I'm ready. See, this is this is the anarchy I'm looking for. I didn't even know. I yeah, didn't yeah. know that he could do that. And yeah. um, is it part of a joke? He just does oh. a backflip. <laughs> it's <laughs> amazing. I I mean, if I could do a black backflip, I would just do it. Like, yeah, it doesn't need to be part of a joke. Definitely no. show your skills. You're, you're now you're encouraging me. I have skills. Maybe I'll bring them to the anarchy. Maybe I'll maybe I'll juggle. You don't know. Um, I probably won't. Um, and also, Ever Maynard is going to be on the show, which is really fun. Um, yes. That happened just because Ever was like, "Hey, I'm going to be in New York. Do you want to hang out?" And I was like, "I have a show. Do you want to be on it?" Um, <laughs> that's great. And well, I reserve the right to book anybody else. I don't know what's going to happen that's that's wonderful uh i love ever ever uh has been based in la for quite some time um and i think she's about to teach a class on ripping because she ends up <laughs> how 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 do you how? teach a class on ripping i know um you would start by like you would meet up at a first location and then never go to where the class is supposed to be <laughs> And you just end up like, I, I don't know, do you guys just want to go to this coffee shop? <laughs> and you so would hang. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bring that up because I remember like ever, I saw ever twice last week. And one set she was trying to like, like nail like five minutes down that she didn't get to because she had too much shit to say about Texas. That's so fun. 
And then she, that worked so well that I saw her on another show where she was trying to hammer that out. And then she didn't get to that because there was something else that she wanted to do. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> this is the energy we're looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, very, very fun. Um, is there anything you miss about LA as you know, I know we're coming up on our time here. Yeah. I mean, I barely got to know LA as a standup while I was there. So I do right. miss a lot about it. Um, sure. yeah, I'm always, I'm always going to miss the weather. I think, I, I think LA is absolutely beautiful and it has so much going for it. Can I miss the tacos? Can I just miss the tacos? You can miss the tacos because oh my God. I try, look, when I was in New York eight years ago and I'm sure it's changed, I uh, went to, according to Yelp, like a near five-star Mexican restaurant and uh, in Brooklyn. And I was like, and when I got home and I ate it, I was like, what is this? This is, <laughs> this is, this is not passable. This yeah. is like any taco truck in LA, you don't even have to like fact check it or like, you know, look it up on Yelp or whatever. Will be it, like, to you know, if you're in LA, that's like decent, but it's like, it'll be pretty good. Any, like oh my god and i was i was not that i was by any means a local but i was starting to feel like okay I've, I've gotten it down like i found a taco truck i lived in silver lake there was a taco truck in like next to a vons parking lot if anybody knows which one i'm talking about can't mm -hmm. remember the name of it these beautiful women working there and that i would i started going there like multiple times a week like that was my taco truck and i was like i've got right. my spot this is mm -hmm. the best felt right. like i was really discovering something right well, yeah that's awesome um oh i did want to ask this before we go uh you are one of the people that uh i think shall i say figured out how to do stand up on zoom or do oh my god i didn't know, know where you're going with that yeah yeah and uh do you i know that you are part of uh, the self-care comedy collective <laughs> i uh -huh. think is what i'm gonna call it i mean do you, do you enjoy doing front-facing online comedy still do you want to keep doing it how does that compare at this point to in-person stand-up now that you've gotten to yes thank you for asking that's a that's a great question because um i also so Anarchy is happening on september 15th on september 17th for anybody anywhere not just in new york city um i'm bringing back Deanne Smith and Acquaintances, which is a show I started up last September. Mm -hmm. um, so it took me that long. It took me that many months to get my head around doing comedy on Zoom. I'd like had dabbled in it over the summer of 2020. Um, but I, I do like it. It's a different thing. It's absolutely a different thing and a different vibe. It gives me something different as well. Um, but I'm, I've been surprised by, um, I guess what what remains the same, which is still, you know, for better or worse, it's still a live experience. Um, it still is not to be repeated. Um, and it's some kind of sense of, of community and some kind of sense of, you know, collective togetherness. It's not, it's certainly not the same as being in person, but it's also not nothing. Um, and what I discovered through doing those shows, um, I started my own monthly. We had a core group. I mean, there's like a a pretty healthy core group of like 60 to 100 people um that are the same people coming back to the show month after month and so i've seen people like form friendships through being audience members at these and then some some of those people have gone on to uh watch the shows at self-care comedy oh my thing is going off um and then some of those people have come to my show so it's mm -hmm. it's interesting and the i think it's really useful in the way that it's like much more accessible to people. I'm, I think that the people that are coming to online shows 
um, maybe weren't going to go to real life shows or weren't able to go to real life shows or don't feel like it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's useful. And I, I would never, it would never have occurred to me um, if obviously if it weren't for the pandemic, but I'd like to keep it up because I, I do enjoy um, what that is and, and right. what that can be. Would um, you, would I, you oh, sorry, I, I realized I, I have like even more to say that I just thought of, which is that when, it, when people first started doing online shows, I was really opposed to it because it was like, you know, it was March, it was April. I was still, you know, so fearful about everything and, and um, on edge about society. And it just, it initially to me, um, I wasn't connected to a place of love and collective thinking. Um, it looked desperate and weird. And I was right. like, listen, what you have to say is really not so important that you need to do it this way. You know, right. um, it was just like, <laughs> yeah calm down there's no comedy right now calm down that's fine that's how it should be right. um and then i eventually got my head around it i did a few shows and i realized that it's fun and, and there's there's something there yeah i think a lot of purists uh came in i remember in the start of lockdown Lori kilmartin was like i'd rather quit comedy than do zoom yeah i, I thought like, of her when you said a purist right now yeah 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 and then <laughs> like a month later, she did more Zoom spots than most comics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lori's a grinder. She's always going to be a grinder, and she yep. will get out there and do the spots. She did. My, she did my show, um, mm -hmm. and I mean, it was it was a definite highlight. She's she's fantastic, and that's the thing. Like jokes are jokes. Like mm -hmm. um, there are probably some acts that can't like translate necessarily, like from live to Zoom or from Zoom to live. But there are plenty of people. Um, that are strong enough, like in both formats to make it work. Right. And you could do something different. I mean, I they actually, I think it was the LA Weekly or the LAS, somebody, some LA publication like covered the fact that Chris Garcia like made a tight five for Zoom, like specifically, mm. essentially being a prop comic of just like, yeah. here's the stuff in my room and pointing it out and making jokes about it. But like he, he that's him tailoring his comedy to that format, which is different. Yeah. You know, Ahmed Barucha is really great at it too. I mean, the way that guy uses the little zoom square is unreal. Like <laughs> the act outs. I mean, he does this like shark act out. I cannot explain it, but it is so freaking funny. Um, <laughs> and he looks like he's in a little aquarium or something. I mean, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see what people can do with it. Oh, uh, Ahmed for my money might, have the best jokes about animals of any comedian <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely um would you would you think about live streaming the anarchy oh my gosh um yes i guess if i was tech savvy knew how to do that i could figure it out but it's something i could think about for october and beyond that, be that's very be interesting because when you brought up access i think that is one of the sort of like gleaming diamonds in the rough that we got from live streaming online mm -hmm. comedy is that like people from anywhere in any sort of situation could watch comedy where maybe they wouldn't have otherwise i mean i got a fan from south africa because i did eddie pepitone's like ig live thing oh that's and, so cool and that wouldn't have happened any other way yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, we are in this world, whether we want to be or not. And, you know, the the Internet and these virtual spaces are a huge part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Might as well embrace it. Yeah. And, and embrace it. Embrace the de-anarchy 
uh, for whatever that means. Um, <laughs> we don't know what it means yet. We're discovering what it means as it happens. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think it should forever stay that way. Stay fluid yeah. and undefined. Exactly. Much like yeah. my gender. Mm -hmm. um, I also, I, I never said to you because I didn't know who you were until today, but I <laughs> really appreciate uh, all the support from the Comedy Bureau with um, Dan Smith and Acquaintances. That was always so fun. That made it feel like a real thing when, mm -hmm. you know, the day of the show would come and you'd be like, this show is happening. I'm like, yeah, this show is happening. Right. Um, uh, so I appreciate it. You're very welcome. I've always enjoyed your comedy, Deanne. I very distinctly remember you doing good heroin and saying, everybody looks so, so cool uh, <laughs> here in LA. You guys are just so cool. <laughs> I mean, that's also my experience in New York. Why is everyone so cool? Um, but yeah, good heroin, especially. I, I I love that little venue, and it's it was always intimidating in an interesting way. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just all these all these very cool people in the back of a bookshop, which is, waiting to hear what you have to say. It's so ironic because it's like, I mean, yes, I agree that everyone there is so cool, including myself. Um, but they all are so warm and just like they and it's almost like an improv audience watching stand-up where they're like i really want to hear everything all of you have to say mm -hmm. yeah yeah very lovely very generous audience back there yeah yeah um i know we're coming up uh the, at our time and you you have to go um Ugh, i gotta go look for apartments in the big city and i'm sorry about it it's okay what neighborhoods are you looking at Today I'm heading over to Bedsty. Oh, okay, but cool. I'm open, man. I'm open. If you know anything, if you, I don't know when this podcast is coming out. Somebody get me an apartment in here. Tomorrow. Okay, gosh, anybody, if you know, if you got a place, if you know a guy that's got a place, if I'll, you put, I'll, of, put, I'll put it in the show notes that Deanne is looking for a place. <laughs> Please do. Looking yeah. for a one bedroom, possibly a two bedroom, uh, mm. but contact me and I'll let you know my budget. Hey, this isn't for everybody to know. Oh, sure, I also sure. have a dog. I also have a dog. So right, right. But a tiny five pound, almost nothing smaller than a cat. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that all of Brooklyn is like pet friendly now. If, if, I mean, or maybe that's the sign of how gentrified Brooklyn has gotten is <laughs> like whether it's pet friendly or not. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's the other trick is like, is it possible to not be a gentrifier? And in some ways, it—I don't know. It's, and then it's like it's all stolen land. Like so, would it's all stolen land? It's—I think it's a very, very gray area because there. I mean, like, you know, yes, keeping the uh, the community that has been uh, organically there on stolen land is important, but you know if there comes like if there's an improvement to the community like objectively like this is this addition of this business or this like building or whatever is like making us better i mean what's really wrong with that uh, i mean this is too big of a conversation now right i know, end, I know that's, also, that's like, what we're trying to what sign is, off what is better and what is the idea of progress and oh um but what we're trying not to do is move into you know a big fancy building with the rent too high in a in a place that it looks weird um so sure. that's not what I want. Yeah. I I think uh, you'll probably, uh, I hope you find something like that for sure. Um, 
Yeah, that is a whole nother episode for, I think, a different podcast. Yeah, probably a whole different podcast and possibly a different host and a different guest, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of weird things about it because I'm an immigrant and I'm adopted. I have biracial parents and I'm an army brat, so I don't have a sense of place. Yeah, no, you know what? Maybe you are the perfect host. Mm, okay, maybe. all right. We got well, six new podcast ideas for you right now. Hell yeah. So where can people find you online? What else would you like to promote? Guys, uh, yeah, definitely. If you're in New York, if you know people in New York, please send them or yourselves to DNRK September 15th, Union Hall. Um, the Dan Smith and Acquaintances is online September 17th, Friday. You can get tickets to that. Um, pretty active on Instagram, Deanne underscore Smith, Twitter, Deanne underscore Smith, website, DeanneSmith.com. Have I updated it recently? No. Will I? I hope so. Um, there's all of that. And if if you've never seen me and you are intrigued and you'd like to, there is a half an hour on Netflix you can see that I'm quite proud of, but you cannot search my name. You have to go search Comedians of the World and then go to Canada and then you'll see me right there. Um, so that's worth looking at. Oh, the, the powerful algorithm in Netflix has left us hanging. Yeah, they released 47 specials on the same day. So fair enough that they should get a bit lost. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, um, you know, for the American picks, uh, they included Crystalia. I am still mad about it and I'm always going to be mad about it. And I was yeah. mad about it when it happened. It, yeah. Unreasonable. Unreasonable. Yes, they did get Nicole Byer a special, and now they are giving her an hour special, which I believe she just taped. Um, As they should, all is right in the world. I agree. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Deanne has ruled with her Deanarchy. Uh, I am Jake Kroger. I run the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at the comedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau on socials. You can find me on Instagram at Not the Supermarket, on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. There are so many great causes to support at this time. You take your pick Ida, Afghanistan, Lebanon, um, just mutual aid in general. Un federal unemployment ended this weekend so ouch. wait you're reminding me i mean you're like you keep saying we have to go and you're, you're clearly doing an outro deanne smith and acquaintances since its inception has always donated 10 percent of uh what we make to a different charity every month um that's and amazing that is the only way i feel good about promoting it um, <laughs> and yes. somehow i had forgotten that this month it's lilith fund um who help provide abortions to women that can't afford abortions or to people that can't afford abortions. So uh, every that, month there's fucking something new that's worth that, supporting. That's amazing because uh, Texas wants to do their own reenactment of The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And so with that said, uh, please uh, give your money and generosity to those things. If you have anything left over, please support the Comedy Bureau because it's almost 11 years old and running uh, something that covers LA and New York comedy by your lonesome is very hard. Throw uh, that guy some money. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to say as we sign off? <laughs> I feel like I've said so much. Um, thank you for this conversation uh, and uh, great job with the Comedy Bureau. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, as always, comedy is still happening and please go support it. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.